Welcome to the Networking with Plants in the Anthropocene podcast. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by Amelia Jane Wolf. Welcome. Hi, Kay. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you listening, you can't um, see us. (laughs) So (laughs) I was wondering if Amelia Jane, if you could share with us what you're doing right now. So I am taking this opportunity to chat with you about plants to do some of my herbal processing. So right now I'm snipping the heads off of, um, I've got wild carrot seed heads that I'm processing. Um, So I'm snipping them with scissors and then I'll start pulling the seeds heads off. So you might recognize those sounds in the background. It's really kind of exciting, I think, to have like the plants as part of <laughs> our conversation, like in such a kind of right with you way. Yeah, I like to welcome them in. We're talking about them to let them know they're welcome. Definitely. Um, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Yeah, totally. So my name's Amelia Jane Wolf, and I live in Mid-Devon, not too far from Dartmoor National Park, which is a very wild, beautiful part of the UK. And I love plants. I have been working and learning from the plants for, gosh, five years now. I mean, longer. But herbalism in this particular way of working with the plants for five years, and I study with the School of Intuitive Herbalism. I run a project called Dart Community Apothecary, teaching people about connection with plants. And I also run a little project called Plants Move You. That's all around embodied herbalism. So yeah, I just am totally in love with plants and really excited to talk more about that with you today. Wonderful. Um, And could you describe your history with plants was it something that you've always kind of been aware of plants um or in your family or in your community um or is it something that's come kind of more recently in the last five years yeah I so as a child I loved nature I felt most at home there I uh, my parents worked so in the holidays we'd always be at clubs and after trying various clubs out it came to all of our realization that my favorite place to be was at these kids clubs at a nature reserve and we'd do pond dipping and bug hotels and just be in nature all day and in primary school which in the UK, that's between the age of like five and 10. I was school pond monitor and wildlife garden monitor. So I think my love for nature and plants has been there since I was very young. But in terms of herbalism and that relationship with plants is more recent. I got into growing and permaculture and organic farming when I was 20 um studied a lot of organic farming worked on farms and I'd say about five six years ago it kind of led me to oh if we where do where does our food come from how can I get the best possible organic food grow it myself and then the obvious thing is to look at what else you can get from plants or how else you can be self-sufficient and herbs came next and the particular way that I work with plants came from a previous partner of mine. We used to garden a lot, make forest gardens and grow a lot of our food. And he taught me how I could communicate with plants and understand that they are beings just like humans are beings and how to interact with them. So that really started about five years ago. Yeah. Do you have a favorite plant or collection of plants? I was thinking about this and it's I think every year different plants will be favorites for a little while as I get to know them for different reasons different 
things that I'm needing at that moment in life. Um, with the studying, the school that I study with, our understanding is that there will be a select few plants, which will be our palette of six to 12 plants. So I'm gradually getting to know them. But I'd say there's probably two plants that are my favorite, um, one being nettle. Um, and recently I realized that nettle has been a favorite of mine for longer than I realized. When I was a little girl, I fell off my bike into a ditch of nettles and I got stung all over. And bizarrely, like obviously at the time it was upsetting like as a kid you get stung and it's like gosh you just feel like something really bad's happened but I realized recently I did a ceremony with nettles where you get thrashed all over with the nettles and I realized that that moment it took me back to being a little girl and getting stung all over that that had imprinted something onto me of connection with that plant and there's little moments through my life of nettles and how I've connected with them yeah I just find their medicine is amazing um why are they my favorite other than that long relationship there's something around there's an indigenous story about why the nettles got their sting and in a really like paraphrased way the story goes that nettles used to be bright golden and shining as a reflection of the medicine that they have. They're so good for you in so many ways, but because they were so golden, they got taken advantage of. And in order to protect themselves, they changed to a dull green color and they got a sting so that people would only pick them with real respect and because they really knew their medicine. And I think there's something around nettles that they remind you that you are golden, that you have everyone is golden but also how to not give that away and have your boundaries around that protect your medicine and be selective with it and with those boundaries and that confidence in selectiveness nettles also I feel for me show deep nourishment like how to nourish yourself and physiologically, they're very nourishing, but also just how to, like, teaching us how to nourish ourselves through protection. Um, so I just love the medicine of nettles and sharing that with people. It's, yeah, deeply rooted in my heart and in my life. Um, and then the other one, I know it's not, it's would have two favourites, but um, I just love rose. I think rose is the medicine that everyone needs it's the central, the first plant of the school that I work with and just the medicine, the heart medicine of Rose, the all loving energy of Rose, I just think is medicine for the whole world and everyone can do with a little bit of Rose in their life. So yeah, I'd say Nettle and Rose, what would you say, um, leading up at the front in my favourites? Yeah, I've, I had been drawn to nettle to do some fiber arts but I haven't followed through yet <laughs> on this season um this summer turning into fall season mm. here in the U.S. um but yeah have you ever used them for like textiles or anything like that yeah so interestingly I say nettle's my favorite plant but I actually had a bit of a tricky time working with them earlier this year um they brought up a lot of quite challenging emotions and I stopped ingesting them because of that but I still wanted to be in connection with the plant so I decided to work with them through my hands I made paint I dyed some clothes and I attended a, a nettle cordage making workshop which is amazing. Um, it's such an incredible fiber to work with. And I guess similarly to you, I had all the intentions to collect loads and make cordage. And I think I've got one bunch of nettle stalks just sat out in the garden that have been there for a couple months and maybe they'll be good to work with. Um, but yeah, I'd like to work more with them. They're an incredible fiber to work with, so watch this space 
Yeah, it's incredible the different kind of modalities or way that you can, ways that you can connect with plants. Speaking of working with plants, um, you've talked a bit about herbalism, um, but I was wondering if you could share more with us kind of like how you see your work with plants, um, what you do and what they do. Mm. How do I see my work as plants, with plants? I think the first thing that comes to mind is I just see it as a foundation of my life um, in the same way that you eat and you drink water and you sleep like plants. They're like a member of my family. They're integral to my day-to-day life and to my day-to-day health. Um, and I'd hope that that can be the same for everyone. Um, just on that basic level of having plants in the home and being in relationship with them, which I think until very recent history was the norm for everyone. Um, Yeah, and then in terms of the work that I'm doing with the plants, I learning to communicate with plants in this way that I have been learning and how I share through my work has been incredibly healing I think before I learned to communicate with plants and work with plants in the way that I do I had a lot of struggles existing in the world which I meant I think a lot of humans do um yeah I think sometimes other humans felt really difficult and working out how to exist in this life this modern life capitalist world that we live in was a constant struggle and since I have become in relationship with plants and continue to deepen that it has helped me to exist in a more whole way in the world to not just be like here in the human community I feel more connected with the world with the earth with the seasons with all the beings and for me the in is plants um and trees but obviously there's animals there's mushrooms there's all the other beings going on as well bodies of water um rocks mountains but plants have given me that in to understand how I can exist in more balance in the world and bring me more back into my body. And I think that's a mirror of how to be in relationship with plants and the earth is to be in relationship with my body. And it's been extremely healing for my mental health, um, for my physical health. Um, Yeah, so... And I feel like that's what what I want to share with other people as well through the plants, that possibility. Um, I think, did that answer your question? Definitely. And when you connect with other people through plants, um, what are some of the things that come out of those interactions? Hmm. So the first thing that comes to mind, I was at a festival, um, medicine festival last weekend, and I was leading an embodied herbalism workshop with nettle. And some of the feedback that I got from people, one woman shared in the brief sharing we had at the end that she was reminded of her love of nettles and shared a story about how nettles saved her life as a child and like how her connection with nettles was what enabled her to survive really difficult things as a child. Um, And I'm often experiencing stories of how plants have really touched people, whether like they've known that the whole time or they're reminded through the work. Um, And then other feedback that people gave. I mean, nettle's a great one to do at festivals because festivals are busy places, lots of energy, lots of things going on. And the feedback I've got from people from that medicine and other festivals this year is that it really set them up for the festival 
of how to, so I spoke about nettles with the boundaries and the nourishment, and it gave people that rootedness, that strength to have their boundaries within a busy, undulating space with lots going on. So I think the people receive gifts and knowledge from the plants that enables them to exist in the world. Um, yeah, and each plant has a different thing, um, but nettles is a good one, good example of how to exist in the busy world that we live in. Yeah, I'm imagining the the busyness of a festival space. And is it easy to do those types of like practices or rituals in that type of space? Yeah, it's really interesting. One of the festivals that I um, held a nettle workshop at was the Power of Plants Festival. So obviously everyone's there are herbalists or interested in plants. So in a sense, that was easy. And Medicine Festival is a festival where people are interested in medicine. But hilariously, in both cases at those festivals, when I was hosting these nettle workshops, both times there were things trying to like push into the space. So the first festival in July, I was doing herbal yoga with nettle and the space we were in, the people who were running the next session, they wanted to come in earlier and they opened the door and I was like in the last 10 minutes and I was like, sorry, no, like you have to wait. And it was the relaxation, the kind of like nidra meditation at the end, really important. But you could feel their energy at the door, like checking the time, kept the door kept opening them, checking. And it was as if the nettle... Well, it was the nettle gave that strength to be like, no, we are here doing this. It gave us that sting, that boundary to hold that. And everyone said that the minute that I finished and said, you can come in, they rushed in and like we were out of that space. And it was hilarious. A similar thing happened at medicine with the nettle workshop. There was a change in the arenas. So the workshop space was right next to a big dance stage and they were doing ecstatic dance from halfway through my workshop with nettle. So for half of the workshop, there was booming music and 200 people dancing, just like really near. And something again, the nettle just brought this like in the circle, we held the circle and used the power and the boundaries of the nettle to focus. And I was doing a relaxation again with like pumping dance music in the background. And everyone said like, wow, it was amazing. It was like we created our protective circle. And I feel like it'd be interesting to try it with other plants because the nettle is clearly a good one in those situations. Um, maybe it's the best one to do when I do workshops at festivals because there can be challenging conditions. Um but I also enjoyed those situations to demonstrate the power of the energy of that plant and also to demonstrate to the people, like, you can take this with you for the rest of the festival. Um, so, yeah, not the ideal conditions, but I think there's a lot to learn from not having the ideal conditions. So there's gifts and lessons in that. Are there any plants that you've worked with that have been kind of surprising or challenging or showed up in some of those non-ideal conditions it seems like throughout life many of the conditions were in our non-ideal ones um if not all of them um but how like or have there been any plants that have surprised you yeah I think I mean this one shouldn't be surprising and I think it was a lesson for me. I did a, I've been doing this series of herbal yoga in Devon. And yeah, I think for me, it's been like sharing these practices, but also just exploring myself and just kind of choosing which plants I wanted to work with. And one of the plants I chose to lead a herbal yoga session with was with mugwort. Um, and it was just hilarious. It, it, at this point, these classes were really popular and they were booking out. So I was doing back-to-back -back classes and um, 
to so that everyone could attend and yeah I've learned from this because the mugwort was like so dreamy and sleepy and when I lead these classes I'm also ingesting working with the plant so I'm leading these mugwort workshops and yoga classes <laughs> the first one was easier by the second one I had my eyes closed for the whole workshop I couldn't I could barely open my eyes and the kind of sense of dreaminess and the sleepiness was really powerful and it was beautiful but it was quite challenging um and when I finished the second class one of the women could barely talk to me and then she forgot her phone and purse and had to like ring me and come back and get not she couldn't ring me she just came back and I almost drove home with no fuel in my car I was like yeah and it shouldn't have surprised me because obviously mugwort has those properties but I think the way that it touched me and a couple of people in the class really like struck me um so that was interesting and the other one that comes to mind in those series of classes I did a dandelion root class and I like you said I work with the plants beforehand and I try and get an idea of what does this plant bring because I want to plan the lesson a bit and plan the postures and what what we're going to work with but also you have to be open to the element that the way that I'm working with plants is understanding that everyone's experience is unique so how I experience a plant could be really different from how you experience a plant and in the case of the dandelion root I had this really clear like for me it was like power and rootedness and like cutting through liver like there was some strength and then we did the dandelion root tea meditation and there was this like overwhelming sense of like calm and gentleness and rootedness but so soft and I was like oh gosh okay and I just had to on the spot like change the class and like make it up because what I'd planned and how I'd experienced the plant was completely different to other people um so yeah I didn't go to plan but I think it's nice it keeps you on your toes um in that sense so yeah So one of the things that has connected the networking with plants in the Anthropocene kind of hodgepodge group um, or collaboration has been an interest in having respect for plants mm -hmm. um, and trying to understand what that means. And so I was wondering, um, what does it mean to have respect for plants to you? Mm. and how is it embodied mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh I'm so glad you asked that yeah for me like plants are like a member of my family so I want to spend time with them I want to get to know them I want to build relationship in the same way I go and visit my gran regularly I want to go visit the plants regularly and um and being grateful for them having that reciprocity as part of that too and some of the ways that that is embodied is uh through the dark community apothecary we work cyclically so working with the moon cycles with the seasons and when we were running regular workshops in the first year um, at Schumacher College, where we set the project up, we would do a workshop on the full moon, which would be to harvest and to make. And we'd make herbal medicine over the fire. Um, and part of that would be giving gifts. So offering people dried herbs or inviting them to gift whatever they want, some chocolate to the plant when they harvest and I really like to bring song in as well to share 
gratitude for the plants um, just to bring our voices in. And then on the new moon, we would go and sit with the plants, but not harvest and just be with and spend time with without taking, just to recognize that being in relationship isn't always to physically take, but just to spend time with. Um, yeah, so finding that balance and moving away from that consumer attitude of like, there's <laughs> always the question that you get people are like what does this plant do for me how's it what's it going to do for me and it's like trying to switch it to like who is this plant and how are you going to become friends with and how are you going to get to know it um I feel like I've learned a lot how to be in better relationship with humans from the way that I respect them in relationship with plants so (laughs) just hilarious um so yeah yeah and asking permission as well, asking permission to harvest and being in communication in that way. It's so simple, but such an easy way to just show your respect, asking for consent. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating the way that you describe um, use, I guess, if that makes sense. I guess when you're thinking about use, um, because I'm not as familiar with herbalism, but I'm very interested in it. Um, What is your herbalist approach that isn't just focused on, you know, what this plant can do for you? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you establish that type of relationship with plants that resists this kind of like just using, just, you know, ingesting or consuming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so I could run a workshop last month at a festival at a farm and it was on connecting with the magic of the rowan tree and yeah the people at this festival were really lovely really interested but they'd never done anything like this before so we gathered and then I walked them across the site. It was a very beautiful site, lots of um, garden, but a lot of it was quite um, like open garden, but very uh, manicured, ornamental. And then at the bottom of the site, there was this wild space. So I said, let's walk to where the rowan tree is. That's at the wild space. But I invited them to walk barefoot and to walk in silence. So I had some funny looks and a few jokes and some resistance, but um, everyone was up for it in the end. And we walked in silence and just for the invitation to be like, just listen and pay your attention to everything around, not just us as humans. And then we walked down across into the wild area and I, had shown them we were going to make rowanberry necklaces and I'd shown them a necklace and I said so we're going to find the tree with these berries and I let them lead and find the tree and there was kids and they ran off really excited like a treasure hunt and then we sat around the tree and I just asked people to first say what what do you notice about this tree like physically what are the physical things that stick out Uh, really simple people are just observing the shapes and then kind of leading that on to if this tree had a personality what would that personality be and another question that I asked was how does this tree make you feel and it's just beautiful to see how people so easily shift into like oh, this tree gives me joy, this tree makes me feel lonely, and everyone can see different things and experience it in that way, and yeah, I just use that example, because that's one of the recent things I've done, just trying to shift people out of the head and into the body, so the herbalism that I do, I, I call it embodied herbalism, and 
it's really about dropping into the body and the senses and how to connect with the plants in that way because we live in this world in the head what are you going to do for me what's how can i like take advantage of you what's the profit so it's really bringing people into their bodies um and yeah i guess the inspiration from this as well comes from the school that i study with so my herbalism i call it embodied but i also would call it intuitive and i study with the school of intuitive herbalism which is incredible and i learn a lot of my inspiration comes from there and one of my one of the most exciting practices that we do and it still never bores me is we'll sit in a circle blindfolded and we will just kind of sit for a few minutes in a circle with nothing in the middle and then a plant will be brought in and we're still blindfolded and the question is what do you feel changing the, the space and it's just incredible to notice and to see how we can pick up and feel a plant just from it being in the space we can't see it I mean obviously you can probably smell it but sometimes not much um so yeah that's a lot of the inspiration from the work and those exercises are so amazing to understand that knowing and wisdom doesn't just come from our brains um in fact like a lot of it doesn't come from our brains and reminding people of that um yeah yeah and so by that you're getting to know the plants and you're coming in relationship and then like I'm harvesting this wild carrot at the moment and I know I'm sorting it and I know where I've harvested it from and I've spent time on that land and then I think the herbs the plants that you're harvesting you have a deep relationship with or at least a relationship with and you're there's something that stops you commodifying it in such a way and there's something that potent potent sizes makes it more potent by that relationship and you can't put a price on that and it makes me think of kind of stories and narratives that we share sometimes because it seems sometimes stories can be more cerebral but sometimes they have that wisdom built into them and it's a little less cerebral um do you have any favorite stories of plants that you like to work with so funny I feel like I'm just talking about nettle the whole time (laughs) um yeah and I mentioned the story earlier and it's a story that I so it's an indigenous story I it's in my book over there I can't I'd like to say and maybe I can tell you if there's show notes so that you can reference that the original story but about nettles and how they were golden and how they got their sting and I've been inspired by that story and then extended it out into my own version around that and yeah it describes basically the nettles getting over harvested and the commodification of nature in this story and how humans were taking and selling and profiting from the nettles and they were so good and the medicine was so good but to the point that the nettles were almost extinct and that final winter when the nettles they died back and they go into their roots they call a council and the nettle spirit of the nettles come together and they say like what are we going to do like if this carries on we won't live anymore and our medicine will not be available to the world um and they spend all winter in council working out and that's when they decide to grow their sting and become the dull green that they are rather than being golden and that's how they learn to survive and to have relationships with humans that respect them and they learn how to you must have heard of the saying to grasp the nettle um 
And for me, that's the, to grasp the nettle is learning how to meet the nettle with confidence and to know and that reverence as well. And I just love that story. Um, yeah, you can tell I'm a nettle fan. I think it's probably um, us who set up the dark community apothecary do say that nettle is the like the foundational plant of the project. Um, and I don't know about in the US, but in England, it's everywhere. It's just like so abundant. So maybe it's also the reflection of how it's the plant of this land. Um, but I love that story. It's my favorite. And I think story plants is a form storytelling as a way of sharing about plants is I mean storytelling oral traditions is age old and until recently one of the main ways we'd share knowledge so I like telling stories about plants and would love to hear more stories and that as a way of learning um yeah so I think it's a great modality for this kind of understanding of plants Another thing that the network is really interested in is teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. And stories seem like a really powerful way that humans, like you mentioned, like for a long, long time <laughs> have, have shared wisdom um, and shared understanding and knowledge. Um, how do you approach like education or learning? Um, do you consider yourself a teacher or a student or both? Um, and how do you think learning and education should be around our relationships with plants? Mm. Wow, I'm forever a student of the plants. And I think that will be the way forever. Um, as the cases of many things, the more I learn, the less I know. Um, I'd also call myself a friend of the plants and ally. They're just, they're my family. And yeah, I prefer the term facilitator than teacher. Um, because I, my belief is that the knowledge, the knowledge of whatever it is you want to learn about is there already um whether it's within you and you just need to remember it so communicating with plants I, I think until recent history everyone did it and all I'm simply doing is facilitating a space that help people remember how to listen and how to communicate um which is needed because of the busy world we live in that's all in the head and not in the body um and I mean, it's interesting because obviously there is a place for teaching about physiological effects and things about plants that we need to know. And there's an argument for how far, like, I think often about, I used to think that people discovered what plants were poisonous and not, and mushrooms were poisonous and not by having martyrs, that someone would try and then someone would die or someone would trip or someone would be like, oh, this is yummy. And then everyone would eat it. Um, and since I've been working in the plants of this in this way and communicating with the more than human, I believe and understand that we know what's poison and what's good for us because the plants tell us or the mushrooms tell us or the trees tell us. Um, so for me, ultimately, it comes down to facilitating people getting confidence in listening and knowing in that way but at the same time I'm not going I don't want to just base that all of our knowledge comes in that way like that knowledge was learned in that way and then passed on and there's very important things in in science as well to know about plants incredible knowledge and I celebrate some of the science and the knowledge that comes from that it's incredible um and I like I'm studying that on my own as well so there is a teacher element in that but I think I'd predominantly call myself a facilitator because 
I believe that everyone who's in relationship with plants is a herbalist. And I believe that the knowledge that you need is in your relationship with the plants. You just need to be supported and guided into that. And how that happens is, yeah, I feel like as a facilitator, I'm quite, I've facilitated for a while, but with plants, it's only been in the last year or two. So it's quite a new journey of how I'm doing that. Um, but the embodiment is really part of it. So sitting in circle, circle practice. So listening to everyone, hearing everyone's stories, the community aspect of it. I feel like we can learn a lot by working with plants one-to-one and then we learn so much from each other's stories and experiences. Storytelling, art, responding, like creating, dancing. I love movement, so I teach herbal yoga and... I think what I love about that is that we're learning how to remember the plant in our body. And what I'm finding now I've been working with the plants for a while that sometimes a plant comes to me with its medicine, even when it's not physically there because it's held in my body. And I've had feedback from people saying that they're like, Oh, I like the plant is with me now, even if I don't physically have a cup of tea of it or a tincture of it with me. Um, in the same way that like you remember your mother or your partner or your lover, like they're with you, even though they're not physically with you. So I think I enjoy sharing with people that because it gives us confidence in, in the healing that's within us, in the knowledge and the wisdom that's within us. I think so often we can turn to teachers or doctors or people who we see as the person with all the knowledge to tell us how to heal but I believe that we have the healing and the knowledge how to heal within us and the plants support us in that um so yeah I guess that's how I'm facilitating space and the way I facilitate space is always to be working with the plants in my own practice as well and ever evolving that and adapting and also I learn I become a student when I facilitate I learn from everyone who's in the space I learn from their experiences and their reflections like we're all in it together um so yeah maybe the plants are I think the plants are the teachers and I'm the facilitator and the student yeah it's so interesting um because it does seem like, I want to say messy, but not in a bad way. Like it's kind of like this mixture, maybe a dance between all of these different forces. Like you have your, or not forces, but relationships with knowledge or wisdom. And so you have kind of like your individual relationship with particular plants and then kind of the community coming together and sharing stories and narratives about like who or what that plant is or has been. And then a space for scientific inquiry and scientific knowledge. And so it's this like really interesting kind of flux and flow of all of these different knowledge sources. Totally. And it just reminds me of nature, like sometimes you can look in a forest and it can seem quite messy and chaotic and there's all this like stuff going on but then when you look closer and it's one of the principles of permaculture is to notice the patterns and you start noticing that there's patterns and there's systems within that space within the nature and I think yeah when I'm at herb school it's very spacious and the kind of flow of what we do can seem quite messy, but there's patterns within that and there's systems within that, but it's just different from, I guess, the more linear frameworks that we're used to in modern education and modern systems. It's, yeah, the thing that comes to mind is the flower of life. It's like these beautiful flowing circles and overlapping everything, but there is kind of like there's patterns within it and there's beauty within it but it's definitely a shift. It's a shift and 
yeah I noticed the plants shifting me in a different way <laughs> being more relaxed into the the kind of less structure the more messy but organized patterns of life so I'm grateful for that it feels like it relaxes me into the flow of life and I think just trusting as well like trusting that like when you're at school there's this like strict structure and you know and you know how to get through and nature and plants show you that it there's a cyclical pattern to it but it also fluxes and changes but everything will be okay just got back a few days ago I was away for two weeks um doing various things and I have this beautiful skull cup plant that my friend gave me and I awfully just left it and forgot to ask my housemate to water it and when I came back it was in the pot fallen over like almost dead and I was so upset and I put it in some water and in the last two days it's just like it's becoming full of life again and it's just given me such hope it's like plants can just shrivel down and you think they're gone and they're dead but then they can come back and the resilience of them and the trust in life it inspires me a lot to just everything will be all right did you have anything else that you wanted to share um with the audience I think I just, the thing that I constantly repeat and really truly believe is that if you like plants, if you're in relationship with plants, and that could be as simple as like you like drinking herbal tea, that you're a herbalist and that like you don't need to have a qualification, you don't need to be certified to be a herbalist and if you're in relationship with plants then you are a herbalist and to encourage people to explore that and not feel limited by how they can or can't connect with plants I think plants were a staple in our lives in every life in every home and they still are in many cases but just encouraging people to connect with plants whether it's just like having some basil or some herbs on your windowsill or like flowers in the garden there's so much beauty in them and yeah just encourage people to follow that and to listen and to trust in that whatever you do whether it's a little or a lot you can be a herbalist and bring that medicine and that magic into your life and into your family's life and yeah not to be afraid of that and not to feel like it isn't your right because it's everyone's right to be in relationship with plants yeah totally and I think the more that people do it the more we come back to our own rights to be sovereign humans um plants give us a lot they give us medicine they give us food they give us the nourishment that our bodies can need and really simple medicine like you don't need to know a lot to just be able to like have some herbal tea for your digestion or for your menstrual cramps and with the internet so readily available even if you don't have like I never grew up with like what would be the dream of having like a herbal grandma who would like I'd sit and make medicine with as a child and teach me how to identify all the plants and go foraging I never had that I learned from books and from plants and we have the internet. So just really basic things to incorporate into your life, into your family's life is so powerful and so simple. It doesn't, it's not hard. So I think the more people can do that, the more healing and the more we're in relationship with plants and with the land, the more we love it, the more we want to protect it, the more we want to plant gardens the better it is for all the other beings and for the earth um so it's just a win-win all around so just yeah encouraging people connect with plants plant a little herb patch in your garden whatever it is go foraging with your family pick some berries the joy of it is so simple but so powerful 
if people want to follow some of your work, are there any resources um, that they should look into? Yeah, I don't have much. I'm working on that. I've, I've laughed with my friends a lot. I'm more of a plant person than a technology person. But at the moment, I have Instagram. So I have two Instagrams. Um, my one where I do more of the embodiment stuff is plants move you. So like plants.move.you. And then we have the Instagram for the Dart Community Apothecary. And that's Dart as in D-A-R-T. And that's community herbalism based in Devon. But there are going to be online offerings soon. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. But yeah, get in touch through there. Reach out get in touch I so love chatting with people about plants and yeah just really grateful to have been chatting with you today it's such a joy to talk about plants and I so love the work that you guys are doing as well so I look forward to continuing these conversations with the plants definitely thank you so much for joining us it's really exciting I think that there's such an upswell of interest um, in plants and reconnecting with plants, whether that's in academia or in education or in practice um, with practitioners. Um, it's really exciting. So, sorry, my dog is coughing in the background. <laughs> so he needs to... He, his favorite plant, I think, is cucumber. We have a cucumber uh, plant growing in a planter outside um, right off of our porch. And he is so excited when there's like a fresh cucumber. We actually haven't, I think um, my husband and I have had like one cucumber this season because <laughs> every cucumber... <laughs> goes to our dog Sprite. He loves cucumber and he's got the, it's so, it's so beautiful when he's eating it. Cause it's like crunch, crunch, crunch. He's so excited about it. That's hilarious. I've never heard of a dog that likes eating cucumbers. He's obsessed about cucumbers. Well, I and then, cucumber too. Yeah. And now that he's had them fresh off the vine, he's like, he's like, no more store bob, please. I will have my fresh cucumbers. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, in good news, I've got about a quarter of a bowl of wild carrot seeds. So I've done about a quarter of the processing whilst we chatted today, too. Very nice. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, if you're interested in looking more into networking with plants in the Anthropocene, feel free to check out our website, networkingwithplants.org, or email us at networkingwithplants at gmail.com. Until next time, feel free to start exploring your relationships with plants. Take good care. The music piece is kindly offered to us by artist Mylise. Mylise is a sonic artist, immersive ecology designer, and clean energy ambassador. Merging art and technology, she creates music experiences that express the voices of plants and the other inhabitants of the earth.